Thank you for tuning in to the 135th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk. Wherever you are, however you may be listening, I want to thank you for making me and this show part of your day, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, however you're listening. Being recorded from John Carroll University. We're back. Back at school. Happy to be back. Not really. That's a lie. But I enjoyed uh, my spring break, even though it was what some of you might call the frozen tundra of the world, Buffalo, New York. Even though there wasn't a ton of snow, it definitely wasn't Fort Lauderdale or Miami, Florida or Los Angeles, California or Hawaii or anything tropical and nice and beautiful like that. Still had a fun time. Got to hang out with one of my best friends, Silas Garrison. Silas is going to come on the pod in just a couple minutes. Uh, This is an interview me and Silas did about a Last week, on I believe a Wednesday, a Wednesday or a Thursday, and we kept it light. Silas has a lot of interesting theories, uh, a lot of crazy theories. Me and Silas kind of get into it during this podcast. Apparently, I'm too hard on Odell Beckham Jr. I don't think so. I just think that Odell Beckham has never been anywhere that has contributed to winning, but Silas disagrees with me on that. Silas has a very, I'll say, peculiar theory. On the Ball Brothers, Lonzo, Leangelo, and LaMelo playing together. And we and Tom Brady, he also talks about Tom Brady. Apparently Tom Brady's washed in Silas's view. So me and Silas hit a bevy of sports, stuff, uh, bevy of sports topics. Got a little argumentative, you know. It gets, it gets a little heated. But I think it's going to be a worthwhile listen. I know you'll enjoy it. So without ado, coming up next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, you're going to hear me and Silas Garrison. Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have my brother, Silas Garrison, the first ever person, this is podcast history, to be on in the week, twice in a row. I'm killing it, I'm killing it. that means people really like you, or I think you're a good guest, or maybe you're the only person I can find, Silas, I don't know, maybe, maybe, does that make you special? It might be the latter, it might be the latter, you might just not have anybody else to find. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it could be. Yeah. I'm trying to find anybody right. else but Silas. Why does Silas keep on answering the phone? Why is he? Hey, the best ability is availability. No, it's, uh, I'm glad to be here. Uh, it's a great accomplishment. Uh, I want to thank uh, all the people out there listening who keep on bringing me back. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Daryl's my friend. <laughs> so, so regardless, we're going to hang out numerous occasions, and then we find ourselves on podcasts. Okay. So let's start with this, Silas. Hmm? You were telling me about you have this theory. About the ball family, Lamelo. Oh, you dropped this one on me. Okay, again, podcast. Listen, I'm trying to be very transparent with you guys. Daryl does not tell me the questions that he's going to ask me ahead of time. And yes, I did bring this up. Okay, go ahead. I'm really excited now to hear this. You made the argument to me a couple days ago. When we we're talking. Yeah. It's after Lavar Ball just comes on our speed with Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. Right. And Jenny uh, Taft. And mm-hmm. he was talking about Lamelo. Lamelo's going to be a top three pick in the draft, right? And. Your kind of thinking was, I think LeVar was onto something when he was saying, 
LaMelo, LiAngelo, Lonzo on the same team. Right. Just explain that theory to everybody out there because some people think you're crazy. Yeah, okay. So for the people who think that I'm crazy, which I'm fully uh, aware that the majority of the people do, I believe that LiAngelo, LaMelo, and Lonzo being together on the same team is actually not that bad of an idea. Um, Allow me to break this down for you before you guys call in and then say that you guys do not like my takes because I love all of you. So... Lonzo, number one, he is a proven point guard in this league for the Pelicans. You then have LiAngelo, who is in the uh, G League with uh, OKC right now. I am, and he, and let's remember what LiAngelo was. He was going to go to Duke before he got into trouble. So, I mean, he was good enough to make it to Duke and probably start by his second year. And he was going to be coming out in the draft this year anyway. And he was going to be a G-leaguer like most people are when they come out. So that's not anything new. I believe that his ceiling will be about as high as a Seth Curry. Okay. And then you have LaMelo, who's already getting, uh, you know, heads, catching eyes. And they're saying that most likely he'll be a top three pick. So if you recall, uh, LeVar said that, it's really not about the money to them. And all three of them have been on the record saying it's really not about the money. So let's talk about finances, number one. Financially, it wouldn't be a strain on anybody. Let's say the Pelicans right now, because I think that's the most ideal uh, place for all three of them to go. The Pelicans, they already have a superstar in Zion. So by the time LaMelo and LiAngelo have an ability to go somewhere, let's say it's going to be the Pelicans, um, they would have enough money they would have made enough money off of endorsements and everything else where money wouldn't matter and then they would have the ability to be signed now is it crazy for Lonzo who's a point guard and LaMelo who's a traditional shooting guard to play together and at the end of the day we talk about fit all the time who's a better fit than your brother that's a hard that's a hard that I mean it's just hard for me to not see them fitting and it's not like all right yeah but you're trying to force the fit in a place that you're really not good enough to be at because you can have a good fit right like you could fit with somebody but both of you just really aren't good enough to play that's not true Lonzo is clearly good enough to be uh, a traditional point guard and LaMelo he's getting top three recruits right now uh or you know top three uh praises in the draft now let's talk about LiAngelo I'm not saying that he's going to be a starter and a superstar, but if he's come, if you're telling me he can't be a six man for that team with both of his brothers, you're crazy. And then lastly, uh, publicity. And this is the biggest point you want after, after how atrocious the Pelicans are, you want to keep, you want to keep, uh, excuse me, putting people in the seats. What better place to put people in the seats than having the first history ever to have three brothers on the same team in NBA history. Like, what What better than that to put people in the seats? Along with Zion Williamson, who probably has the highest ceiling of anybody since LeBron James. So, for that reason is why I do not think it's a bad idea. Just don't let LeVar coach. Don't do not do that. What about the argument, though, that the cir- you don't want a circus? You're a professional organization. You're not the clown show. Um, you can make the argument that Lando's mellow, LaMelo's kind of boisterous, and Leandro Ball's got a little, a little bit of trouble. You know, there's the China incident, and you don't want LeVar Ball at courtside just running his mouth, talking about what his sons aren't doing, what his sons aren't getting, publicly going at GM, owner, and coach. What about that is? All right, which one do you want me to address first? Because those are both legitimate questions. Which one do you want me to address first? LeVar Ball running his mouth about personal matters going on with the Pelicans or creating perceived issues. Okay, so 
LeVar is a father who's going to get publicity regardless because he has done the unthinkable. He got both he got all three of his kids to the NBA. I mean, that's really unheard of and quite frankly it's unprecedented. So and and not only that, you have two of them who are probably going to be who are who are probably going to go down in history as two as probably the two first probably what wouldn't that be the first brothers in in NBA history to go top 5 in the draft? I mean, and that's where and that you know, these are just some kids from Chino Hills. So in terms of his, in terms of him running his mouth, no, I'm not happy with it. I also recognize the fact that Lavar himself will put people in seats. And here's another thing, and I think Lavar uh, said it quite frankly better than I can. If you're that worried about my mouth, you shouldn't be coaching. Your job is to coach the team. Don't worry about what I'm doing. Every every single parent gets to have an opinion on their son playing sports. Now, why can't Levar? Because he has a platform. That's unfair. And if you're going to make if you're going to make GM and business decisions off of that, that's disingenuous. It's that Levar has power, and you have somebody that is perceived. For example, is, does he have the power to fire you? No. If he start, if, let's say if he starts mouthing off about Zion, Zion's not doing his part. How do you, don't you think that makes Zion feel some type of way? Like, yo, get your old man to shut up, and then Lonzo and them are like, that's not my. Don't you think that could create a problem? Uh, well. Honestly, we haven't really seen that happen. We haven't seen like Lavar come out and like publicly. We no, I'm saying now up to this point. And if you and I, I believe his. I look here's you have to recognize it like this. Um, if you do you remember when Kobe came out, we had the same issue with his father, with Jelly Bean Bryant, and 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 this is something that Kobe went on the record and talked about too. You know when when I started playing well, he stopped talking. You know, when we started doing well, we stopped. He stopped talking. Uh, and why did? And the only reason why Jelly Bean Bryant even got a say so was because he was a professional athlete. The only reason why Lavar gets this platform is because we allow it to him through the media. For example, if Lavar Ball wanted to come on this podcast, we would say yes in a heartbeat. Why do we continuously give a regular man this platform? So it's just as it. If, you, if he's accountable for his actions, we should be just as accountable as the media for giving him this platform. And then as it pertains to your other point, uh, what was it again? That is bringing unwanted attention if he comes. No, 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 not LeVar anymore. I addressed that. With all the players. You don't want them all playing together. For example, LiAngelo is not that good. Let's be quite frank. He's a G League player. He's not an NBA player. Yeah, but he's like 20. <laughs> and, he's, and he's in the G League, so you're a pretty – so you have potential. How many G League players make the NBA? End up being making a meaning. Seth Curry didn't. I said his ceiling, Seth Curry. Okay, there's not a lot of stories with Seth Curry out there. So let me ask you a question. First of all, I would. T- first of all, I think Seth Curry, the best thing for his career would be to play with his brother, and because they have a lot of similar traits about them. Um, that's one, and I think that they would actually be a very good fit together. I'm not just saying that because they're brothers, but because their game actually goes uh, and complements each other pretty well. Um, but in terms of Le, uh, Leangelo, I will go on the record right here on this podcast, um, Barbershop Sports Talk, and I will say that I anticipate Lagello being um, in the NBA within the next two years. Am I wrong? Do you not believe me? All right, Taco Falls in the G League. Do you think he's going to make the NBA at some point? Taco Falls, seven foot eight. What? And 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 Jello was going to go to Duke and be the starting shooting guard. 
excuse me, the starting small forward. You, ex, uh, yeah, I apologize, UCLA. I was thinking of Seth Curry still. Um, he was going to go to UCLA and be the starting small forward. And he was coming out this year anyway. Okay. He's right. Honestly, he's right on track. What do you agree? Hartford Dett was a very good college basketball player. Why would you bring up Jim before that? But that's but see what I'm saying. Adam Morrison was a very good college basketball. Player. Right. These are like one. These are like one scenario. Like people that you're brought that you're drawing up. Jim for Dett. Most people who have a college career like Jim for Dett, they end up making the pros, and they end up doing very well. Evan Turner had a good college career. Doug McDermott had a good college career. Yes. yes, there are people who have good college careers who then don't end up doing well. I don't know what you're saying though. I don't think that that's 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 just because they didn't have good college careers doesn't mean that, or just because they had good college careers doesn't mean that Lajello isn't going to do good in the NBA. What? And let's be real, guys. Understand what I'm saying about Jello. I'm being very realistic. I think he can be a solid bench player. He's not good enough to be to play on the bench of the Pelicans within the next four, five, six years? I don't think so, but may, maybe I'm wrong about that. Now I want to move the conversation forward. You made this argument, you said this in, in your earlier soliloquy, that Lon, Zion Williamson is going to be a star, a superstar. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to give you three names and tell me who's the best. Who would you rather have on your team? Jason Tatum, who's averaging 30 points per game, only 48% shooting in the last 10, 15 games. He's been playing like a star. You have... Luka Doncic, who's averaging a 30-point triple-double, is really giving you a 29. He's not averaging a triple-double. He was like 29, 9, and 8. Okay, that's not a triple Basically, near, okay. near it. Near He's it. averaging a near triple-double, yes. Near it. Yep. And you have Zion Williamson. Right. Who are you taking? I'm going to take Zion just because of the – honestly, and it's really only because he has a higher ceiling. I don't think you can really get that much better than what um, – Luka Doncic is playing right now. Like, what are you gonna like? What are we gonna say? He's gonna average what for the for the rest of his career. You know what I mean? Is he gonna average what he's doing right now for the rest of his career? No. If he does, congratulations. I'm wrong. You're the best basketball player of all time. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to be more or less what he is right now. When you think of Zion Williams, Williamson, obviously injuries notwithstanding. If you take out the injuries, I have him being a solid basketball player who could potentially be multiple-time league MVP. But when you think about it, the league is built off of Luka Doncic and Jason Tatum. It's not built off of Zion Williamson. You need guards, you need people that can handle the ball, bring the ball up court, make decisions for their teammates. I'm not really that sold that Zion Williamson isn't good at hand, at ball handling and bringing up the ball, but I don't. But I know that's not the game that they want him to play. But what I will say is this. He is in a position right now where that's really not an issue um, when you think, and here's and here's the hard part, Daryl. I can't I can't really take away just these players. I have to look at the teams that they're on. You know, if I can pair Zion Williamson with a willing passer who runs the floor like Lonzo Ball, I mean, I gotta take Lonzo. I gotta take Lonzo, and I gotta take uh. I got to take Zion. Could I not just say he's Blake Griffin, but he's a souped up Blake Griffin? No, I wouldn't say he's Blake Griffin because I do believe he has better ball handling skills. Um, I said he's a souped up version of Blake Griffin. I would say he's more of a, I would say his, I would say the lowest he would ever be would be Blake Griffin. The highest he would ever be would be a couple notches above Charles Barkley. People compare to Jason. No, would you agree with that? Like, I think the floor for Zion Williamson is Blake Griffin. I think the ceiling is a couple notches above Charles. Okay, let me say this. Would you not agree that people compare? Oh, no, okay. We have I just want Barkley. you to know what you we, think. <laughs> I think that's right. You know, kind okay. of big guys that are 6'6 six, six that play power four. Right. That's fine. Now, Luka, a lot of people say, when a lot of people like Luka, a lot of people like LeBron. That's really the main comparison you get when you people like Luka. And you know what LeBron represents. Yeah. 
When you people, th- I've heard people when they you mention the name Jason Tatum, I've heard people mention the name Kevin Durant. Yeah. How do you feel about those comparisons? Uh, he's definitely not a Kevin Durant type of player, and that's not his fault. He, he he can't be a Kevin Durant type of player. Kevin Durant, in my opinion, is like he is the hardest person to clone in the NBA because it's very hard to clone a seven foot jump shooter <laughs> with ball handling skills. It, that's that's very difficult. So I don't really have a match for Kevin Durant. I do, however, see the LeBron James comparisons, although I don't think he'll ever even be, I don't ever think, I don't ever really believe Luka Doncic will sniff LeBron in terms of being close to as good as him. <coughs> um, well, if, if I'm going to show you the stats, and they're both fair, this is, in Luka's second year, he was a better, bas- arguably a better basketball player than LeBron. Absolutely. Which LeBron's been doing this for 17 years. You're you're isolating one specific. No, no. I'm saying if you put them right now on track, if we're just starting on track, his second year, LeBron's second year. You're right. His second. You can make an argument that LeBron was better, but it, it's and that he was also in that Luka Doncic was also playing on a better team than LeBron yes, was but, too. But also, oh, okay. LeBron was in the East. He's weaker than the West. Uh, he still has a better team, regardless. You even have a better team in the West than true. LeBron had in the East. So no, that's no, no, true. Yeah. But I'm also saying the one conference is tougher than the other. I'm saying okay, we, we, sure. we could make an argument who's better. I think we can make valid arguments for either who was better, right? Would yeah. you not agree? At that age, yes. Yes. So, which that is a rarefied error because how many people can say they were as good as LeBron? Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but so, I, but you have 17 more years to do that. Am I supposed to believe? And this is what I'm saying. This is why I didn't. It, actually, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but this kind of goes right back to what you were saying earlier. This is why I'm not going to take Luka Doncic over Zion because pretty much at this point, Luka is who he is at this point. Like, I don't think he's, like, what am I supposed to believe? He's going to average 30? You're already averaging 28. No, you're probably going to go down, actually. You're probably, from now on, I would anticipate within the next three years, you're probably going to level out somewhere between 25 points. You're going to level out somewhere between maybe seven, six rebounds and, like, about eight assists. That's where I would anticipate his career. Maybe a little bit lower in assists. So maybe, like, 25, seven, and six. You don't think there's another level that Luka can reach? You think Luka's peak? Here's what I'm asking. What is the next level? And, and here's the and here's the reason why I think he's he peaked. Let me ask you, first let me answer this. Here's why I think he's peaked, D. So when you have the experience that Luka does, where you've been playing overseas, you've been professional since the time you were like 15, 16? Yeah. All right, so 14. Yeah, right. So you've already been playing with these professional athletes and between rocks and hard places, you found your game. So I don't believe his game's going to get that much higher because you've been a professional this long. Now, with that being said, if you, if I'm wrong and that he does have, a, like 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 Drake said, I got a whole nother level that I could tap into. Okay, homie, what is your next level? Is your level going to be averaging 30? You're already averaging 28. So how are you, am I supposed to believe you're going to average 30? Am, you're, you're already averaging eight rebounds this year. Am I supposed to believe you're going to average 10? You're averaging how many assists? Am I supposed to believe you're going to average 10 assists too? 30, 10, and 10? If he does that, he's the best NBA player of all time. And you know there's going to be some championships in there. So basically what we're saying is, is Luka Dantich going to be the best NBA player of all time then? No. Which is why I believe he's most he's more or less peaked. This is probably going to be the best version of himself. And then he's probably going to deteriorate just a little bit. He's probably going to level out. Because this is what happens all the time. You know this. Uh... With statistics, there comes a time when they level out. I believe that he's going to level out somewhere between 25 points, maybe 24, 25 points, six rebounds, six assists. I don't, and I think, and that's a heck of a career. You know, that's easily an MVP, or you know, maybe an MVP, maybe two MVP seasons, and easily a Hall of Famer. 
Um, I just don't believe in my heart that that's enough for to put you in GOAT conversation with LeBron James. But then, you know, there's a lot of things that play into that, like championships, which Luka has none. Luka's hit his peak, yeah. Okay. He has not hit his athletic peak. What is his peak to you? You usually reach your peak both mentally, physically, athletically. I'd 25, say, at 25, right. I'd, I'd say athletically about 25. I'd say physically, mentally, 27, 28. I think that's when, like, your athleticism's almost at its apex, your mind, your mentality, your understanding of the league, because at that point you're in the league for about seven, eight years. You know... It's a really good conversation. I think that's when he hits it, and that's when we'll see it. I agree. And I do I believe that he's going to have a better, like year than what he's having now Let, let's ask that because that's really the question is he going to have a better year than this year and i believe so i believe when he's 27 28 29 you will see him in his prime i believe that those three to four years he will probably average somewhere like 30 points he'll average he might even average a triple double somewhere in there i don't believe it nor would i bet on it but he'll probably be somewhere in that conversation two mvps within that time i could easily see but what i'm saying is if you and how, how long do you think Luca's gonna play? He, he he takes care of himself, maybe about fifteen years. Yeah, possibly. And he doesn't look like he has his man body yet. Right. He so a little kind of quirky looking. Uh, like he, he can fill out, get an NBA training program. Like I could easily see fifteen to eighteen years of him playing. All right. So if he has four monster years, with eighteen years. Like I said, he's going to probably level out at twenty-five well, points. Also- For example, I like because we're because t- you brought up LeBron. I'm surprised that LeBron for a career is only averaging like 27 points because I remember at his apex, he was like 30. It, it felt like he was putting up 30 a night and assists a night. You know what I'm saying? Like 10 assists a night. But that's the thing. These, these statistics that you're talking about, they level out. So if you have four great years, but then you have four good years or in, along with like maybe like in your rookie year, you know, or a couple years in that, you probably had like three average years. That's probably going to level out. So if Luca's, let's say if Luca's peak is like averaging 30 points, if that's his peak, and you said he'll probably be at his peak for like four years, okay, but now bring that down over the span of like an 18-year career, it's probably going to be somewhere at like 25. You don't think Luca's game ages well at all? I think Luca's game ages perfectly. No, I think, no, no, Daryl. I think it ages perfectly. That's why I have him. Not age well though? Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yes. But here's the thing. I think, I think, uh, I think Zion's going to make more damage in a shorter time than, uh, Luka Dantich will over a longer period of time. For example, I would rat, you know what? This kind of reminds me of like the Lamar Jackson idea, right? Where it's like, yeah, you got to let him be who he is, but you know, you're only going to have him in his prime until about 30, 32, you know? So it's like the same thing that I look at with Zion. Yeah, I know I'm probably only going to have him at his best until like 32, maybe 33. But at least I'm getting the prime. And I believe his upside is going to be better than Luka Doncic's just because I believe he's the better player. Now, with that being said, that's not a knock on uh, Luka Doncic at all. So I, I don't know. It's going to be tough. I, I personally, after everything that I've said, though, I still have to stand by. I think I'm going to take Zion just, just for now. But again, we, have a, we have a long time, so you know, we'll see. So they, they, you know, they still have long Tatum careers to go. You realize Tatum is the most disrespected in this argument. Tatum has been to three straight, made the playoffs three straight years, first three years in the league, has already been to a conference finals, one game away from making it to the finals. One game up against a man that you have tremendous respect for, number 23, that was in Cleveland, mm-hmm. and he went toe-to-toe with them uh, as, a, as, a, as an 18-year, 19-year-old, 18, 19-year-old, our age. And LeBron was playing against, and LeBron had a squeegee and a mop bucket. It was it was it was a squeegee and a mop bucket in J.R. Smith. And Tatum's you and me. 
And Tatum, and Tatum. Tatum was not you and me. Tatum was Tatum. <laughs> he had Jalen Brown. He had one of the best coaches in the league. Stop. Jalen Brown. And if Kyrie Irving's on that team, they they probably end up beating LeBron. To be oh, honest, I'm glad you did that. Okay. okay. Yeah. Now we're going to take a quick break. And coming to the next episode of the Break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to talk a little bit about is Tom Brady coming back to the New England Patriots? Come next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Soldier Boy Tough. Hey, I got this new dance for y'all called the Soldier Boy. Just got a punch, then crank back three times from left to right. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Like We still have Silas Garrison with us. Can I do that with you next time? No. Okay, fine. Continue. <laughs> Maybe. So, so I'd have to, uh, let's hold off on that one. We're, we're pretty close, so I was like, uh, whatever. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, reportedly, they have an argument on the phone. The conversation did not go well. Adam Schefter comes out, disputes that, says the conversation was business as usual. Do you think this is a bad sign? Let's say the conversation, there was a little bit of yelling and shouting, because but that doesn't mean there's still no I love. don't believe that's what they do. No. So, okay, so do you think this is a good sign then for him coming back? No, it's, not, that, no, it's you, not a good sign. How do you think that conversation went? Though? Okay, there we go. First of all, let me let me refute the, the blasphemy with fake news. Not from you, Daryl, you're always great with stuff like this, but I'm saying like the people out there who are trying to make a story out of nothing... Uh, they talked on the phone, and then, of course, because there's been some animosity going back and forth between, or you know, in speculation between, will Tom Brady come back or not? Then people want to make this story that they're fighting, they're arguing, they've never done it before, and if they have done it, they definitely wouldn't let it go out in public. The pro- I, I would assume that it would, would it go something like this, you know, do you want to come back? What you know, we, we need an answer soon. Tom Brady, being as stoic as he is, you know being really nonchalant kind of beating around the bush it was probably they were probably talking and it was i will in my opinion it's probably it was probably a whole bunch of nothing it was probably just a bunch of chitter chatter this i want i want to say that the conversation really didn't have that much substance at the end of the day bill belichick wants you gone and tom knows in his heart that he wants you gone because he already tried to get rid of you before for jimmy garoppolo so with that being said, I don't really think the conversation went all... I, I don't. I honestly believe the conversation really wasn't that exciting. I believe that the media probably made it more exciting than what it was. But that's the media's job because, you know, they want to make headlines. So will Tom Brady come back to New England? No. And I've, I, I've told you this. And I've, and I've told the podcast. I've told my friends. I've told my grandmother. She doesn't listen. Um, he's, he's not coming back. Uh, Why won't he come back? Because, well, number one, he's not surrounded by any receivers whatsoever. Edelman, his best friend. Oh, so now he is. Because you tell me all the time that he has nobody. So which so which side of the argument are you on, Daryl? Answer the question. No, Daryl, because you do this all the time. Which so which so which, Edelman which, is a solid slot receiver. He's solid. He's solid. Okay, cool. When he's so healthy, so, when so he does have somebody. So so he doesn't just play with kids from Dorchester. I never said he played with kids from Dorchester. No, I was just asking. <laughs> I never made I that never, argument. I was just saying. I never. You're making false accusations. I didn't say you did. I'm saying I'm asking you. I, I didn't say you said that. I'm asking you. His receiving core was pretty mediocre last year, but I, I mean, I think Edelman is. I mean, but see, that's the thing that makes Tom Brady so great, is that at his apex, he made anybody better. That's why you knew he was undisputedly the best of all time because he took people who were average and made them great. 
He just made he just made you you know Tom Brady has this type of thing and you you meet people like this when you meet them or when they walk into a room they just want you just they just make you want to be the best version of yourself. Magic Johnson has that. LeBron James has that. Tom Brady has that. I won't say Mike had that. I don't think Mike walked in and you're like oh my god I just want to be the best version of who I am. No, but Tom Brady really has that charismatic feeling. But then he actually executed that same type of behavior on the field as well. The fact that he can't do that anymore shows me that there's a common denominator here the team's bad and you're also playing bad but that's not how you used to be so there's a common denominator so here why can't they bring him back is that you're not as good as you used to be huh why can't they bring him back oh i don't think it's a matter that you can't bring him back it just doesn't make any sense why, why does it not make any sense because tom brady doesn't want just a one-year contract he's 41 years old so again he doesn't want to for okay he doesn't Bre but listen to drew Brees me. is coming back drew Brees is the same age on a one-year contract what, what's the difference Tom Brady has already said that he doesn't want to sign a one-year contract. He wants the max. He wants as much money as he can get. And that's not a lot to ask for Tom Brady. He deserves it, right? Because, I mean, think of all the times that he took less. See, here's the problem with athletes. You try and do something nice for people. And like my papa used to say, boy, a good nickname for a good guy is a fool. Because you took all these discounts and now you got all these championships. You want to go. But here's what Tom Brady wants to do. I want to retire on my terms. But what I want to do is I want to go out and I want to have a and I want to have a hefty paycheck. But now they're like, eh, I don't know if I want to pay you it now. You're old. But what about when I was young and I was giving you all these discounts? Hey, man, that already happened. You forgave us for that. Same thing happened to Dwayne Wade. I knew this was going to happen, Daryl, when we when we when when Dwayne Wade did that, because remember when Dwayne Wade left? Because he tried to do the exact same thing that Tom Brady's doing. He's like, look at all the discounts I gave you. Okay. I'm going to dispute what you're saying. Silas. Okay. It is semi a myth that Tom Brady took less money. Yes, Tom Brady's twilight career. He took less money. I'm telling you, Silas. Yes, he took less money. Do you want me to look up his contract? Because um, I guarantee he was worth a lot more than what they paid him. No, by, by uh, a significant I'm talking amount. about in the twilight of his career, he took discounts. In the heart of his career, and people have said this. He walks in the office. I want more money than paying the man, not a dime short, and that's what he got. Right. He was there was a point in time in Tom Brady's career where he was the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Yes. Now the Patriots. There was a time where Matt Stafford was the highest paid. Yeah. I'm saying every time this man he won a championship, a anytime this man won a championship, he could have gotten more money, and he didn't. That's what I'm saying. Like, the value should go up every single time he wins a championship. And he could have did that if he wanted to, and he didn't. Anytime he just went to the Super Bowl, he could have did that. And he never did. So now when he's saying, all right, I want to go out on one last big paycheck, and you're saying you can't do it for me? And here's the thing. Daryl, here's here's my point. I wouldn't give it to him either. Financially, it doesn't make sense. I wish I would give you, what? Then How much money option? do you want? Then what's their option? Leave Tom Brady. And, and really, you guys screwed this up already because you should have got rid of him a year early instead of a year too late because now you're in this mess. And now you're going to get rid of him and now you're not going to get anything in return. You mean to tell me I'm going to get rid of Tom Brady? Tom, Ed, Tom, what was his middle name? Edward. Edward Brady. You're going to get rid of that guy and you're going to get no returning value? That's so that so you let the greatest football player of all time walk out the door for nothing because you thought that he was just going to take another pay cut for you. Well, maybe he would have if you guys were winning. See, Tom Brady was willing to take pay cuts when you were winning. Now you're losing, and you and here's the problem: he doesn't see any difference. See, it's one thing if you lose; it's another thing when you're like you're losing, but there's a lot of potential. What potential is on that team for them to get better? Okay, so let me explain this to you. Something called a running and back. I think you you act like Tom Brady's diminished. 
I could make the argument. Did I also say he was the greatest of all time? I did say that. Yes. Okay, got it. I think Tom Brady is better than he was in the first. I think he's not, obviously, at his apex. I think his apex was probably 07, right? That's probably the best Tom Brady I've ever seen. Tom Brady right now is better than 2001 Tom Brady. His rookie year, yes. The year they won the Super Bowl. The, the second year. The year they won the Super Bowl. Yes, but and the he team was, is nowhere close. That's true. But they had a very good defense this year. You build around the team. You you go back, Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft, you go back to what you used. Early 2000s Patriots. Tom Brady can do that. Game manager, you need me in big moments, I got it. Cool. Give that man his money. And they can work it out. They can work it out. They're not going to get... How, how old is he? 42? 43? 41. You're not going to give a 41-year-old a max contract. So what is the difference between him and Drew Brees? I don't think Drew Brees has a max contract. Or actually, no. I think he's working under his contract right now. He's a free agent. He's a free agent? Yes. And he went back? He's already said but, I'm excuse big me. easy for life. But I, don't think he, but I don't think he got a max contract. See, that's the thing. Tom Brady's asking for max money. I don't think that's the issue. I you know, issue. Does he want max money? I, I I'm pretty sure he wants respect. max money. I think the issue is respect. Right. It, so so you agree with me on the Dwayne Wade. That's that's a pretty good analogy, right? Because Dwayne Wade, the only reason why he left was because he felt disrespected. Here you go. It's called Wade County. I gave you everything to this city, and now you guys know I'm at the end of my career. You know I deserve a max contract or at least something along those lines. But here's the problem, Tom. You should have never taken a dollar less because guess what? They don't love you like that. And this is what I try and tell. No. This is what I try and tell athletes. They love you until they turn. You know what Drake actually said it best. They turn their back and they leave you, but they'll come back when they need you. And this is exactly what you're seeing right now. When I needed you at your at your best, I gave you everything. I gave you every part of me. Tom Brady says. But now, when I'm when it's my turn to go out the door, and you're not going to give me all my money. This is exactly why Zeke Elliott held out for his money. Because if Zeke would have taken a a dime less. For over five years, he would have never made it back. Tom Brady take, took all that money away from himself. He bet against himself to bet on the team, and now he's never going to get that money back. But you keep on kissing those Super Bowl rings. Where's he going? Uh, I don't know where he's going. I know he's uh, going back to New England. If I were Tom, honestly, because it really sounds like Tom wants more money. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like Tom wants more money, and it sounds like he wants to play for a winner. So let's look at it like this. Number one, Tom, here's how you solve money. It's really easy. All you got to do is go for free agency. And somebody's going to be stupid enough to give a 41-year-old a a max contract. Okay, cool. And then you want to play for a winner. So I'm going to go off on a limb. And I'm going to say that he should either go to... He can't come anywhere near Buffalo. Um, He's probably going to go somewhere close to the Raiders... Uh, who needs a quarterback right now? Who's who's who could be a potential winner? He's probably gonna. The only place I could really see him going is the Titans, even though I don't think he'll go there. And I could see him going to the Raiders, because those are the only people who have quarterbacks who don't really have like quarterbacks who have also the potential to win a Super Bowl. Like the Raiders, they're high, the highest version of themselves. They can be Super Bowl contenders. At their lowest, they they're pretty much what they are right now. Okay. We're going to take a step back. Okay. Cleveland Browns are reportedly possibly... Wow, that's a big step back. <laughs> if they're looking at that they get blown away by an offer, they could potentially trade Odell Beckham Jr. They're not trading Odell. Would you not trade Odell? They're not trading Odell. Because I would. Because here's what I no, think. I'm not trading Odell. You don't need to... And, and I've told you this. What's the most... 
What's the most important position? What's one of the most important positions? What's the most important position on quarterback? The quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Thank you. Does Baker Mayfield now, want now, Odell Beckham? Now, yes. who's your, who's your, if your quarterback is your biggest asset? Mm-hmm. How do you protect your quarterback? Offensive line. Uh, what was the worst thing for the Cleveland Browns this year? Oh, you're going to trade. Oh my strong. goodness, you're going to trade. You're going to trade Odell Beckham for an offensive lineman. Yes. <laughs> okay, guys. Um, I'm going to be real with you with the podcast. I really don't have an argument to this. Cadero is my friend. He has me on the podcast frequently, and I enjoy coming on and talking to you guys. And I'm worried that if I answer this in a way that Daryl doesn't like, he's not going to have me back on the podcast because I want to go back to the streets on what this man just said. He just said, I want to trade Odell Beckham for an offensive lineman. So what's the draft good for? Guys, I'm trying to stay calm. But see, it's stuff like this. Why do you guys... Okay, instead of you guys writing into me and saying stuff like, oh, Silas, your LeBron takes are terrible. Can you please say something about Daryl? This man just said he wants to trade Odell Beckham Jr. for an offensive lineman as if the draft isn't right around the corner. Thank you. I just had to say that. All right, now, back to you. Odell Beckham ever won? So now back to you. Dude... Why do you why why do you do this? Like you you act like it's just a matter of he I, needs somebody to give him the ball. I know, he I'm had just, a terrible Eli Manning. He had a Baker Mayfield who is a lesser version of himself. You're like you're acting like he's playing for world beaters. Why are you acting like why are you acting why are you acting and then Odell got his got just as worse when he when Baker Mayfield came around. You know who are you going to bet on? Baker Mayfield or Odell Beckham? Baker Mayfield. Oh, okay. I have nothing to say to well, that. Well, no, because you're, you're wrong. Here, here's what I'll tell you. Silas, you know what? Just, can I be did, real? Just did, say you don't like Odell. Did Baker Mayfield get worse as soon as Odell got there? No. So no, he didn't. What was better, his rookie year or his second year? His rookie year. Okay. I don't say. I, I again. I don't think he was worse. He just had a better. He just. Had, you can have a bad season. Why did he regress? He oh, oh, he regressed, regressed because of Odell. I'm just saying. Why did he regress? Okay, and okay, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you right now. I think number one, Freddie Kitchens was a terrible decision. I think they got. I think they did the absolutely. I think they did the smart thing by getting rid of Fedge, of getting rid of Freddie Kitchens, because at the end of the day, uh, he has never been a head coach a day in his life, and he took over a team with a whole bunch of personalities, and we never knew. And the biggest question mark was: Was he going to be able to handle all these personalities? Clearly, he wasn't. Now let's look at the now let's look at the offense. Uh, I forget what statistic was. Odell Beckham was the most. Uh, uh, heavily guarded by like by double team measures, he was double teamed more than any receiver in the entire league. And it's no surprise because you're because you keep on telling me that Odell had his worst season, but you know what you're forgetting? Jarvis Landry had his best season, and you're acting as if there's no correlation between the two. So I just addressed uh, I just addressed what you said. Now let me address this point. I think the reason why a lot of people take put the takes on Odell that you do. It's not because you don't like Odell. You just give in to all the storylines. Odell's a problem. Odell's a distraction. Odell's Odell's bad for business. Silas, okay. Let me this way. When you played football everywhere you went, they won. It's because you bring a winning culture. I did, there, stop. There, no, pause. I did not bring a winning culture. I was a part of a winning culture, some, and I was inspired in it. Okay, there are some people that bring a winning culture. Would you not agree? Like you said, when LeBron walks through that door, you want to play. Like, like right, when LeBron walks through that door, LeBron inspires a winning culture. Does he not? When LeBron walks through that door, you just said the same thing. Right. About Tom Who Brady. in this conversation is Tom Brady or, or LeBron James? Not Baker. Not Odell. At the highest level. I can make an argument that Odell did it at the highest level at LSU, and I can make an argument that Beck, that Baker did at Oklahoma. 
But at the highest level, which one of them are Tom Brady or LeBron James? Okay, Ray Lewis. When Ray Lewis walked at that door, did Ray Lewis not inspire winning culture? Did he not? Of course he did. Of course. I'm I'm just naming you guys. Of course he did. What I'm saying is, Odell Beckham has not shown that he does that. Maybe he can do that. Maybe he can do that. And I think he's very good when you put him into a winning culture. Right? And, Within the and, would you, and you would agree that the Cleveland Browns is not a winning culture? Of course not. But then okay. here's my Nor thing. Did he's he, not, and then he played for the Giants, which also wasn't a winning culture. He's not right for those type of teams. I'm saying he is not. Odell will so, not. Oh, so you're saying trade him to a better team. Trade him to a good team. That way he'll flourish there. Then I agree with you. Yep, trade him. This trade is him. not because Because Odell does not deserve this. Because Odell does not deserve Tyler, what you're have giving you been him. In a no, I have agree. you ever been in a relationship where What's maybe it's we best agree. for both sides to part ways? We That's agree. That's what I'm saying. We it agree. We oh. agree. Well, no, no. First of all, I think Odell wants to stay there because I think he's. I think he enjoys playing with It'd Jarvis. It would be best for him to leave. It would be in his best interest to leave. How are you going to tell the man what's his best interest and he already told you what he wants to do? I'm not saying... Hey, lots of people do stuff that's not good for him. <laughs> so it's bad for Odell to stay in Cleveland. What does Odell get by staying in Cleveland? Number one, he gets to stay with his best friend. Okay. Which is it's something that he's always said matters to him. That's part of the problem. You want to play with your friends. Okay. <laughs> you want to play with your friend and that's an issue but meanwhile Jarvis Landry had literally the best year of his career yeah, okay yeah okay had the best year of his career meanwhile Odell was 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 covered more this year than ever before he was double teamed more this year than ever before and meanwhile, Jarvis Landry has the best season of his career. And you're saying there's no correlation between the two. You have a wide receiver over here who is one of the best in the world, and he's getting double teamed. But in the meantime, Jarvis Landry is wide open. Okay, Silas, I'm going to give you one last question, which you just said was asked. And I, you made the statement to me that Josh Allen was better than Dak Prescott. You told me that Josh Allen. I think I feel said, like you brought me on the podcast this time just to roast me because you have think, a platform. I, I but think, I like it. I think I like that. Even, said the craziest thing I've heard that he was in the top 15 of NFL quarterbacks and I'm a Bills fan and I disagree so just just confirm your take on Josh Allen Josh Allen's a top 15 quarterback and at his peak we don't know what that will be but I will say this um just to add some more and he's, is Josh Allen better than Tom Brady right now yes but what has Tom Brady done oh Tom Brady so hold on yeah let's have a conversation Tom Brady's so good right now right isn't he amazing isn't this wasn't this one of his best seasons? Oh no, I forgot. It was his worst season. His worst Tom season. Brady sucks right now. How about that, Daryl? Let's have a conversation about it. Let's talk about it. Tom Brady sucks right now. Your idol, your hero, one of your favorite quarterbacks of all time, is terrible right now. Fifty shades of garbage. And he's still better than Josh Allen. Great. Okay, fine. You got that. Still terrible. Silas. Thank you for being on the podcast, Silas. Thank you, Silas, yes. for coming on. I appreciate it. And that's it for the 135th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.